Hello, hello. This is Shay Money Tracy, and you're listening to The Shay Tracy Show. So a little bit about me. I am a eight-year educator. I am a nine-year mom, and I happen to enter into the field just as a brand-new mom of a one-and-a-half-year-old and pregnant with my second child, my youngest. And I got into this moderate to severe autism classroom, and when I tell you my whole world shifted, it shifted, okay, completely. So um, actually, I had just given birth. So Mason was brand new, and Sean was a firm two. He was a firm two, uh, beginning on three. And I got into this classroom where I was teaching students who were in the middle school age, so anywhere between 10 and 13 years old. And these students had a range of skills and motivations, and um, the cognition, the ability to think and how they thought was so much more different than what I was experiencing at home with my own children, right? And helping these parents navigate, learning to navigate on their own, I picked up so many jewels that just helped me to, one, keep my cool and keep my calm, even in the midst of this chaos that I was in the middle of. And if you've ever seen a classroom uh, with 12 students, because uh, I had 12, <laughs> with 12 students, um, 10 additional staff members, all of which with these ranging abilities and these extreme emotions from students who are nonverbal to students who have verbal skills, you would understand why, one, I learned to self-regulate very quickly because you cannot manage or keep control when you are all over the place. And in the same sense, I have to figure out how to keep these behaviors intact. Right? So I've been teaching them to teachers for the past however many years, eight exactly, but I know that these are skills that parents would absolutely love and definitely need, so I'm here to just spread that message, okay? So today I want to talk about keeping your calm. So in the midst of your children or child, spurting in this chaos and spiraling out of control, it is absolutely certain that you need to maintain your calm. And what I say when I say that, what I mean by when I say that is in the midst of your child having this chaos, it is not our job to join them. We do not join their chaos. What we do is we give them our calm. And we give them our calm because we have a few skills that they don't, right? We understand and we can recognize when and if and how to be patient. We also recognize the big dilemma that this problem may or may not be, right? Because for them, this is the most important thing in the world at this moment. And it is not our job, one, to minimize that, right? We understand that. This is a big deal for you, right? 
But in the midst of us recognizing that it's a big deal for them, we also want to be able to give them the skills in order for them to manage in these moments that feel like the world is falling apart around them. So I always say, we do not enter their chaos. Instead, we give them their calm. We give them our calm, not always by maintaining reason, right? The last thing you want to be told in the midst of you losing your stuff is that this is not a big deal. Because for you, it clearly is, right? You also don't want to be told what else you should be happy or appreciative of in the moment because who cares? Right now, I'm losing my stuff. So what do I look like looking at you, trying to think of the other side to this point if anything what we want to do is that we don't want to minimize what they're thinking we don't want to we don't want to pretend like it's not a big deal if anything we just want to be present in that moment and give them the space and the capacity to just manage through those big emotions that they're feeling and again without being condescending without telling them, well, you don't have anything to worry about because you're not, we're not doing that. If anything, we're standing with them and we're providing that space and that empathy and that compassion to know like, man, that must really suck. I'm so sorry that this has had to happen. What can I do to support? And oftentimes we don't have to do anything, right? We don't have to replace, we don't have to erase, we don't have to clean up, we don't have to do anything. Oftentimes, it's simply having our support there in those moments that really helps them push through. It helps them to come back. It helps them to restore their calm. It helps them to feel what they feel and then let it go. Right, and that's the one thing that I love about children and that they really taught me in my adulthood is like, you have the right to feel exactly what you feel and you need to feel it to the capacity in which you currently feel it. It is not necessary to push down and repress and say, well, I don't need to be mad because guess what, sis, you're mad, you're mad. Allow yourself the space and the capacity to feel that feeling and then to let it go just as you allowed it to come to you, right? So what we do by creating the spaces to one, feel what we feel, to affirm that what we feel is valid, to then allow us the time to like have that moment and then release it, is that it doesn't sit with us for two weeks. And I know I'm not lying. I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the last person who, if someone was to just remind you of what that person said, you're immediately taken back there because you never took the time to process that feeling. And if we allow the space and the time to let those feelings be processed, then one, we don't feel resentful when we have to remember that moment. We're also not triggered the next time something like that similar happens because we remember what that felt like and we don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. So every mom should know that while chaos is real, anger is real, frustration is real, the ability to have that calm, the ability to give them that calm, to extend that calm to our children is like the best thing that we can do for our children.
because we're affirming one that what they feel is real and that they're entitled to their feelings and then we're also saying that we're here in support we're here to help you and really what we're trying to do is we're trying to maintain that connection because we're supporting them in those moments that are most trying for them whereas if we were to do the opposite and dismiss their feelings and minimize their feelings and tell them to repress their feelings what we're doing is we're creating a disconnection Right? We're creating a disconnection between us and that child because what we're saying in that moment is, I don't see you. I'm not acknowledging you. I don't care about what your experience is. I don't care about what you're feeling in this moment. That's not important. And that's not what we're trying to articulate to our kids. Right? We're not trying to say that to them. So let's not let our words do that, even if we're not saying those words exactly. Right? Because there's always like, what you say and then there's how you said it where it led them what they will now do with what was hurt right and we want our voice to be a voice that they can align with as a reasoning voice an empathetic voice a compassionate voice someone who i know is in support of me and the moment that our voice breaks away from that idea from that feeling is when we start to see that that control and then that dysregulation, that pull apart. And we're trying to maintain that bond for as long as we can and strengthen it, if anything, right? Because our children will not grow up one day and suddenly not need us. They'll just need us for different things. And we want to be able to keep that line of communication open. We want to be able to keep that rapport. We want to be able to keep that connection and allow it to grow as they become mature adults and we get to connect with them in different ways. So I don't have that personally because again, my kids are nine and six, but I definitely have that with my parents who have learned as I've evolved as a parent and as, as they have seen me work with my kids and affirm my children and me being able to express myself to them, we've been able to build our communication and build our rapport and what used to be really blocked channels of communication have really opened up because they now see me not just as their daughter, but as a person, right? And what we're trying to do is we're trying to quicken that case, right? We don't need to wait until our children are adults to then see them as people. They are people who have a new experience with themselves the same way that we are. And what I want to be able to affirm with my child is I am growing up the same way you are growing up. This is your first time being nine and this is my first time being 33. We're both experiencing something new and I'm not trying to minimize your situation, your experiences, your new learnings, just because I've been there before. Because I haven't, I haven't been there before. I've never been nine in 2022. I don't know what that feels like, right? So being nine back in the 90s was a different vibe. And we have to be able to know, like, things are different. We was outside playing, kicking rocks, coming home before the lights came on. And our kids, they know what everyone around the world is doing because they have access to YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Because not because we're allowing them to, but because the students in their classroom are talking about these things, right? Their level of exposure is so different and so surreal that we want to be able to affirm that you're going through a lot. And I recognize that. But I also want to be here to be in support of the journey that you're currently on.
because your journey is not my journey. My journey is not your journey. And my hope, my intention as your parent is to minimize the amount of difficulty that you have to have by preparing you in a way I wish I was prepared. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're moving towards, right? So in the same sense, with us trying to build that connection, build that rapport, maintain that calm, that parental toolbox says, mama, it has to be heavy. We need all the tools to do this thing called mommyhood in 2022, all right? Our kids are exposed to things that we could never imagine. Right, and even the things you were like, man, it was, I remember that. We used to do this. It, it was like this when we were little. It was not. Facebook didn't become a thing until we were in college, okay? Until we were adults. These babies are walking around exposed to the world in a way we never were, right? I remember there being one computer in the den that we needed dial-up internet, and the connectivity that we currently have is at the drop of our phone. Our kids can pick up our phones and they're connected to the world. They can pick up their tablets. They're connected to the world. They can go on our TV, go on to the YouTube app, and they can see something that can change them forever. So we're in a different space. And keeping that line of communication open for them to come and ask you questions about things that are immaterial, to ask you questions about things that, oh my God, how did you, who told you about that, right? Like, we want to be able to create the safe space for our kids to talk to us when they're unsure, for them to talk to us when they're curious, for them to talk to us when they're scared, when they're lonely. And I think in order for us to do that, we have to move beyond go to your room turn off the TV. We, we way beyond whooping. So if you whooping your kids, then I have some other resources for you completely because we retired that way back when, when I had Sean in his two and a half, three-year-old state and my son was cutting up, but he wasn't getting the lesson we were trying to give him by showing him that if you give pain, you'll stop this thing. I learned through students that I was teaching that they will inflict pain upon themselves. So no, there's nothing that you can do to me that they couldn't possibly do to themselves to get the thing it is that they want, right? So rather than us providing punishment, we instead transitioned over to discipline and we became very consistent in giving him the, the things and the shape and the structure to behave in the way that was best conducive for him, right? Like, does that behavior serve you? And we're making it so that no, if it's a behavior that's not age appropriate, that we don't wanna see, it doesn't serve you in this house. It doesn't serve you at school. It doesn't serve you in our community. So we want you to engage in behaviors that are appropriate, right? That gets you to things that you want in ways that are sensical, like, okay, that's fine, but not as a means to just get you out of our face, right? We're not giving and providing things in the same space as bribery. We're not giving you to get something. We're, we're having you do things because this is in the long-term best interest of your growth and your development. So 
when I say having that toolbox, having that open, being able to deal with all kinds of situations that your child will go through and experience and challenges that they may have. It's really important for you to expand that, expand that list to many things. And oftentimes it means being able to just deal with big emotions and making room for big emotions and having consequences that make sense and are logical because we have consequences as adults in the world. We don't get punished in the same way. Yeah, we have, you know, our penal system, we have traffic tickets, we have things like that, but, you know, if we wake up late <laughs> uh, and we get to work late, then there's the repercussions of having to deal with your boss having to maybe get a slip, but more so your work is now stacked up, right? And that's really, that's really the end result that we want our kids to look at is look, if you're not doing the work that you need to do today, then you will just have more work, but not the other side of that, which would be punishment is if you get or lose this thing, unless of course it's natural. If you break something, then it's gone, right? If you lose something, it's gone. But that's the natural consequence of you having broken or lost something. But to lose something for not having done something, that, that doesn't necessarily bridge all the time. So we want to just be mindful of how we're utilizing that skill set, that toolbox, right? There's the timeouts and then there's time ins. There's deep breaths and then there's meditation. There's, you know, rewards like trips and ice cream and all these things but then there's also just good job and it really depends on the kid because we're giving them what it is that they need in the way that they want it right to get the outcome that we really want so every mom should know a handful of things in their toolbox to refer to when you know what Things are just not going well, your kids are cutting up, or even if things are going well, it can't just always be that one reward because at some point, your child will get tired of that too. And they're gonna want something different and want something better. We wanna be able to maximize, you know, they're growing and we wanna be able to maximize when and if they put the bad behavior down, right? All right, so um, lastly, I just wanted to share, uh, as I'm still on this journey, uh, I, I don't, I no longer teach specifically to the most severe classes anymore. I work a lot alongside with parents and I also um, am currently in a behavioral class for students with emotional and behavioral disturbances. And I've truly learned the importance of getting our children to cope.